day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagita, all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. We discuss local and national Native news and events, and as you know, Haley, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. You're absolutely right, Dega. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition. Yes, they are. And yes, they do. Hey, we're going to have our Arvina uh, Martin on and also Ruth Buffalo checking in. And she was in the Not Invisible Act Commission hearing here in the Twin Cities. And I saw Arvina and I hosted, I was the MC of the Wisconsin Democratic Convention this past weekend. And she was there as uh, as a former uh, former city council member, first uh, native city council member uh, in uh, Madison's history. And um, we'll be talking about, uh, you know, the convention. I've never, uh, uh, Haley, I've never done that before where I'm an announcer and I had to really work on names and, uh, you know, you know how I am by being on the show. Is that, uh, I destroy a few names here and there. I know. You should have had me as your, your wing, wing woman. Yeah. Well, <laughs> next time, uh, if they invite me again, they offered me a, a place to put, uh, to put uh, a, a booth. And now I kind of understand how or why, you know, we could just uh, hand it out information. And, uh, and sure. today, you, yeah. So next year, if they invite me back, I didn't miss anybody's name. And I was telling Wendy, you know, there's over 40 names I have to say. And she's like, oh, boy. It's <laughs> yeah, a lot. It is a lot, but I'm sure you did great, Dega. Well, there were a few really, really uh, easy names, but there were also, you know, in Wisconsin, there's a lot of uh, big Polish uh, uh, group there that are politicians, and I was, you know, on the verge of destroying their names, but I didn't because I practiced and I was prepared. There you go. Practice makes exactly. perfect. Well, you know, today we have Ruth Buffalo on, and I'm wondering, uh, I do see Ruth there, and Ruth, welcome uh, to Native Roots Radio. I really appreciate you stopping in. Hi, yes, thank you. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you barely. Uh, Apologies, but yeah, thank you for having me. Hey, uh, you were in town, Ruth, uh, for the Not Invisible Act Commission hearing, and I was wanted to get a, a little update uh, about that, Ruth. Yeah, uh, we uh, are doing field hearings across the country, and yep, we were we were recently at um, the downtown Hilton in Minneapolis um, for a few days of field hearings, and um, we usually start the format of the hearings is we'll have uh, we'll open up with panels. Uh, in the morning, panels of, um, they call them expert witnesses. So we had uh, law enforcement and um, state's attorney's office and uh, also state legislators and uh, law enforcement uh, from the different jurisdictions provide uh, their expertise and were able to take questions. Um, Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan also attended and uh, in person and offered Opening remarks, um, Secretary Deb Holland um, was able to provide comments remotely. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's a full day in the morning filled with panels. And then in the afternoon, there's no uh, media allowed. And then it's more closed session for, oh, still open to the public for public testimony. Yeah, that's a, a really powerful, and I think, uh, you know, we talk about it and dance around it here on Native Roots Radio that, you know, we're still here, um, and that's part of uh, not being invisible in what you guys are talking about, and I know, Ruth, we, we've talked over the years about the MMIWR uh, situation with our relatives missing, and there isn't a day that go, doesn't go by that a, a missing uh 
Native American comes across my Facebook and uh, it's still happening. Oops, Ruth, you're muted. There you go. There you go. Sorry, Ruth. Go ahead. Yeah, it's um, it's a uh, a legis a mandated uh how does how did Deb Holland Secretary Deb Holland refer to the Not Invisible Act Commission as a legally mandated body? Um, when she was in Congress, she introduced this piece of legislation that is, um, you know, at the federal level there were uh it was bipart bipartisan support from um all of the four native uh, con members of Congress at the time. Um, and so uh, we are charged with um, providing a, a report full of recommendations that will go to the Department of Justice, Department of Interior and um, Congress. And that is due this fall and will be um, sort of in unveiled during the tribal summit, tribal leaders summit at the White House, um, I believe November, December. Um, so this week, the members of the Not Invisible Act Commission are out in Northern California uh, at Blue Lake uh, receiving public testimony. Um, we'll, we'll be headed to Albuquerque um, the last week of June uh, to, to hear from the communities and we'll be at uh, Crown Plaza um, in Albuquerque uh, for, I believe, three days of hearing starting June 28th. Uh, which will be closed to the media, and then 29th and 30th. So, um, wow. Well, Ruth, you, and, you and, see... You, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no problem. Um, sorry about that. Yeah, and at the end of July, we will be in Billings. Um, that will be our, our uh, final uh, field hearing. Um, and then in August, we will have a, a online virtual hearing for... Uh, community members uh, who weren't able to attend any of these on-site locations, um, but from from the mid mid April in Tulsa to end of April in Alaska, to uh, Flagstaff in uh, mid May, and then uh, we were just in Minneapolis last week. End of uh, June will be in Albuquerque, and then the end of July will be in Billings, and then virtual hearing in August, but in between, um, we, we do meet via Zoom uh, with each of our respective subcommittees. So I was just coming from a subcommittee meeting um, this afternoon, uh, but yeah, so it's, um, it's a lot of, it's a big responsibility and, and that we don't take lightly and we're hoping to really hear from the people um, in the communities directly impacted yeah, we're talking with uh, Ruth Buffalo, former North Dakota state representative. And uh, Ruth, I know as a representative, you were really busy, but it seems like you're really <laughs> more busy now. I don't know. Uh, you got a lot of fires in the iron, and this is so, so important. And I know we talk about, uh, uh, you know, our missing relatives so much here on Native Ritz Radio. And uh, there's just stories that come up. Uh, I think we talked about years ago that I heard the story about up north in Duluth where they have all those shipping boats of so many natives disappearing and never being seen again. And that just blew me away because I had no idea being an urban Indian and living here in the Twin Cities. Yes, definitely. Um, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of bad actors out there. Um, so we're really pushing for accountability. Um, and so in these subcommittee hearings, you know, we are a part of a broad coalition, I guess you could say, uh, you know, with law enforcement. Um, and so we're, we're learning the struggles that law enforcement has. And then we're looking at the challenges across the different jurisdictions. And, you know, we are um, unfortunately in the day and age where um, drug use and abuse is prevalent and there are a lot of bad actors in that arena as well that are impacting um, our, our, our relatives who are dying young due to um, drugs and uh, bad actors are walking free um, and who are, you know, basically drugging up our relatives and then they get to walk free when our relatives die from overdoses. And so uh, we're seeing this play out in real time, unfortunately, across the different jurisdictions, which is really, really unfortunate. 
Ruth, thank you so much for stopping by with your busy schedule. Our audience really always loves when you're on. This is Ruth Buffalo, former North Dakota state representative and our friend always. Thank you so much, Ruth. Thank you for having me. We'll see you soon. On Saturday, June 17th, Metro Transit is making changes to transit service within your community. As they do each quarter, they review and analyze their resources and ridership trends. These service adjustments to routes continue Metro Transit's ongoing work to best serve customers throughout their system with their given resources. A summary of the upcoming service changes and a preview of the updated schedules are available now at metrotransit.org. That's metrotransit.org. Get ready for the best and biggest fireworks selection at Fireworks City in Baldwin, Wisconsin. And now they have exciting news. Free stuff is back with a $200 or more purchase. But that's not all. They're bringing back their incredible get three for one low price deal on all multi-shot cakes. Stock up on these incredible multi-shot cakes and get three for the price of one. At Fireworks City, we're your one-stop shop for all your firework needs. Located just 25 minutes from St. Paul, it's worth a short drive on i-94 to exit 19 and here's the best part buy one get one for 99 cents on every firework don't just take their word for it see all the fireworks in action on one of their many tvs experience the excitement firsthand and make an informed choice bring your family and friends and head over to firework city in baldwin wisconsin exit 19 off interstate 94 firework city guarantees a fun and family-friendly atmosphere the best deal on fireworks is waiting for you buy one get one for 99 cents when it comes to mental health making connections with others can be a way forward How do you reach out when you need someone? What do you do to support those who struggle? Connections can bring comfort, hope, and joy. Find ways that work for yourself and others like sending a text, sharing a moment, offering a hug, seeing an old friend, creating space to listen. Visit cmentalhealth.org. That's cmentalhealth.org. cmentalhealth.org. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Well, it's always good to have Ruth on, uh, Haley. It really, uh, she's so busy, and it's great to have her stop in and give us these updates. It's, a, it's amazing um, what, what she's done and what she does, so we really are grateful to have her on. You know, uh, it, it's interesting, today's... Uh, uh, Trump, uh, <laughs> Trump indictment day, and we we uh, we look forward to that here on Native Roots Radio. Uh, Donald Trump being the first former president to face uh, a judge on federal charges, you know, and he pleaded not guilty in a Miami court uh, today, and to dozens of felony counts. And you know, Haley, you know, he's had I think thirty seven uh, uh, counts against him. I was and, just gonna say it was like a ridiculous <laughs> amount of, of well he's number. the 45th president so guess how many uh, mm. uh, how many presidents have any uh, uh, any any of those against them any of those counts I don't think there is another president that had federal charges <laughs> none none. <laughs> none he's the only one yeah so, it's pretty bad. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's really bad. And the way things are lining up now, he still could be running for president and making a a mockery of a bunch of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he won't see any jail time probably, but the courts uh, aren't, you know, aren't starting until later. So that's that's disappointing unless uh, they speed speed up the courts and uh, convict him. uh, Right. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy, um, but you know that that we're living in these times are, it just blows my mind. And you know, it, it's funny. After he left the the court, he uh, he went to a restaurant so he could get his ego filled with all these people that love him in uh, Miami. <laughs> and uh, what a right. trip! I mean, I, I I just it's just unbelievable. And uh, 
it's unbelievable too that he got seventy million votes too. So there's a lot of neighbors living around you and me that voted for him. <laughs> yeah, I know it's unfortunate when you when you do tally up the, the statistics of people who actually did vote for this guy. Um, it is it's scary uh, to leave you know knowing that there are so many of our neighbors who support the stuff that he supports. It is. Scary. I wanna. I want to just add up here, uh, we were talking um, about a lot of, uh, you know, not being, being invisible act commission hearing with, uh, you know, our MMIW stuff. Uh, I see uh, a listener, Mike, put up uh, in Los Angeles being a hub of human trafficking and the end destination for a lot of natives on the run for their home, from their home should be a stop yeah. to speak to the native community about this situation. It's, it's rampant, but you know, us being Midwesterners, that's, uh, we appreciate Mike bringing that up because that's, uh, that makes a lot of sense. And I remember in, in the seventies and eighties, we had a lot of just, for instance, a lot of runaways from Minnesota ended up in California and Las Vegas. And, uh, that makes sense. Uh, what Mike was saying. And, uh, yeah, and I think we were talking about uh, kind of like the native homelessness or mm -hmm. houselessness situation. Was that with Dr. Stately, I think? Yes. Yeah, yeah, when he went out to, uh, he lived out there, right? When he was going to yes. school or something. Yep. And he was talking about uh, houselessness of natives out there. And I've been to California, Los Angeles, I, like a handful of times and, and never really... I knew about the homeless situation and how big of a deal it was, but it never really crossed my mind, I guess, how many natives were a part right. of that. But and as you, as you know, Haley, too, we, we haven't been homeless. Uh, we, were, we were never homeless before 1492. And right. uh, that's kind of a saying in the native community, but it's also a, a true truism, too, because we, uh, we took care of our own uh, and we helped each other and... Uh, Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've tried that a few years ago. Of course, we always talked to Robert Lilligren about the Wall of Forgotten Natives and how uh, how sad that was and is. And But still, Minneapolis and St. Paul still have homeless uh, population, and the population is uh, a big Native American uh, amount of people that are, are homeless and that are in these encampments that are all around the Twin Cities and... Uh, you yeah. know, there's drug and addiction, it, and mental illness. Go ahead, Haley. Yeah, I was just going to say, and it shouldn't be like that, you know, because right, it is, you know, our land and we belong here and, and we should have a safe place to, to call home. You know, and then we and then we spider spider web it out to a lot of the uh, uh, drug addiction that we have, alcoholism and uh a lot of the trauma that's caused us over the last few generations and at least the last 400 years. But, you know, I can't imagine here sitting in, uh, in my house broadcasting this and going through, uh, what our relatives had to go through, whether it was removal, whether it was a battle with, the uh, the colonizers. Um, I just can't imagine it. And then we're still here, which is just a huge, a huge, uh, win for us that we're just even here uh, because we're yeah. going to be wiped out uh, totally. Yeah. Well, I think it proves our resilience and our strength and, and our warrior spirit. Exactly. You know, and uh, you know, I, I might want to uh, pull our guest in here. I wonder if she's ready because uh, I love talking to this, this young lady. Um, I wonder, is it, yeah, she can come on, sweet. Uh, Hi, Arvina. Good to see, well, cool glasses, what the heck? They're, <laughs> hey. they're beading glasses. <laughs> I love them. So I can thread my needle. <laughs> right on. Hey, uh, we're with Arvina uh, Martin, and uh, she's with uh, Emerge Wisconsin, but also, uh, First uh, former city council member of Madison, Wisconsin, which I love Madison. And I had the opportunity to see you in action this weekend. And yeah. uh, I don't know if you caught it, but I didn't mispronounce anybody's name when I was emceeing. 
So I'm really happy and kind of floating on cloud nine because if you've listened to our show much, uh, I destroy names and take no prisoners. And uh, so I did good. (laughs) Yeah, just coming off of a convention weekend, had to take the day off because... You know, it's a lot. It's a lot of peopling and a lot of talking and a lot of standing and running back and forth. And, uh, you know, I always end up having to take that Monday off because I'm really tired. <laughs> well, the, the first day I saw you, you were wearing um, kind of a lime green uh, ensemble and then you had a Baby Yoda medallion. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I um the Baby Yoda medallion was uh, courtesy of the talents of Callie Logan, who is Ho-Chunk. And I, I'm i going to get this wrong, but I think he's from Wittenberg. Um, oh. But he's a member of the Little Priest Singers. And uh, somebody somebody saw it posted on Facebook and tagged me in it. And I was immediately like, yes, I need this. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, Little Priest uh, Singers. That's cool. I, I don't know... Yeah. If- if if you could share, we only have like two minutes left in this segment, but share maybe the little priest story because I know um, the story that I know about him before he passed on was a pretty intense story. I bet you know more about it than I do because I just know about it as the name of the drum as well as the um, school in Nebraska. Well, he uh, he was injured in a battle and uh, very badly injured, and he was many, many miles away from home, and he said he did not want to die on, until he was on his own land, and basically that's what happened to make the story very long, very short, and uh, it, you know, it took days and days for him to re- to be returned to home before he passed on and uh in the true warrior spirit he did what he wanted to do at the end well i i remember reading an article um in the wisconsin state journal years back that was a story about um how ho chunks resisted being removed and and i, I believe the title of the art the headline of the article was ho chunk stubbornness dot dot (laughs) they survived because of it Mm -hmm. and that 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 sounds like another instance of of our our sort of stubbornness and and i i say stubbornness in a good way um and and it definitely contributed to our survival and our and our our ability to thrive that we've and, and our resilience and all of it you know well, I love it. Uh, I've heard a podcast a few years ago from the University of Wisconsin-Madison by some professors, um, history professors, and they were talking about the removal of Ho-Chunk. And they were two white guys, but it was really funny how they're talking about, uh, well, they'd be sent out and then, surprise, they'd be back. <laughs> you know, <laughs> And there was a few people that uh, they mentioned by name that uh, went back and forth about 10 times. So that was that's an interesting... Uh, they kept having middle military guys stay with us and say, you stay until you're sure that they're going to stay there. And sure enough, like a year later, he went back and we were already there by the time he came back. Well, cool. Hey, we're going to have a deep discussion. We'll talk a little bit about the convention and, uh, we're here with Arvina Martin, uh, Emerge Wisconsin CEO and also former city council member of Madison, first native American, We'll be right back. And Ho-Chunk all the way. We got three Ho-Chunks here. We are jamming. Stay with (laughs) us. I heard sex trafficking happens a lot in Indian country. What is that? Here are some of the real reasons why sex trafficking happens in Indian country. Unequal gender roles that were forced on us by colonization. Communities don't have enough resources. Silence around domestic and sexual violence. Lack of attention and justice for missing and murdered indigenous people. There's a lot of behavior that keeps our communities out of balance. These are just a few true reasons why native communities are targeted by traffickers. When these acts of violence happen in our communities, it opens us all up for exploitation. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. 
Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Your Blue Line Extension Project wants to hear from you. We are working on extending the Blue Line Light Rail into North Minneapolis, Robbinsdale, Crystal, and Brooklyn Park, and connecting it to our growing transit system. Tell us about your neighborhood, your business, your family, and what you need from your Blue Line. Learn more and share more of your story at yourblueline.org. That's yourblueline.org. This is Chad, owner of AM950. Our station is located on a marsh, and we do our best not to disturb that environment. So I was thrilled to discover Natural Lawn. Their safer products and soil tests ensure that your lawn will be healthy, lush, and green. I don't even have to worry about bringing my furry friend to the station, thanks to the great care from Natural Lawn. I highly recommend Natural Lawn to keep your lawn beautiful, healthy, without compromising safety and sustainability. More at naturallawn.com. Life is a journey, and the Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas will help you get where you want to go. Located in downtown Minneapolis, this affordable two-year college provides free textbooks, a laptop, meals, career coaches, and a Metro Transit Pass, making DFC the perfect pathway to a bachelor's degree. Turn your dreams into reality at Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas. Apply today at dfc.stthomas.edu. Hey, it's Patrick. While you and your family are ready for summer, make sure your home is ready for summer, too. There are going to be a lot of people over at your house for those barbecues and graduation parties in June, so make sure to check in with my friends at Zero Rest to make sure your floors are in tip-top shape. And now that summer is finally here, it's time to take advantage of Zero Res's best deal of the year. Carpets, tile, rugs, upholstery, basically every surface in your home can be Zero Resified, so it's time to call my cleaning heroes at Zero Res. It's also the perfect time of year to get your air ducts and your dryer vent clean too. You've waited and now you save. Book now and take advantage of the summer sale and get 20% off all services. Schedule your appointment by calling 9520-RES or going to ZeroResMinnesota.com and asking for the AM950 special. Backward or forward spells the same, ZeroRes. With your AM950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for clear skies tonight with a low around 61, Wednesday sunny with a high near 89, and Thursday sunny with a high around 87. From the bright personalities to the bold flavors, 30 Bales in Hopkins is the perfect gathering spot for anyone looking for a taste of the Midwest. Whether you're stopping by for a quick drink or settling in for a leisurely meal, you'll find plenty to love at 30 Bales. Located at 1106 Main Street in Hopkins, more at 30bales.com. Ritz Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Development Institute in Minneapolis. Yes, it is, and we really appreciate their support and all the great work that they do, you know, making voting a tradition and all those great things. Hey, we're here with Ar- Arvina Martin, and Arvina, before we get deep into the uh, talking about the Wisconsin Democratic Convention that I was uh, blessed to be there it's arraignment day, and I wonder if you have any uh, any feeling on that because I know I'm ecstatic, and uh, I, I I just think that we need to put this guy away or stop him running or or I don't know, but I'm very happy. What are your feelings? I mean, I mean, the rule of law applies to everybody, and I think that we should be able to hold our leaders to even a higher account or a higher standard than just follow the law and uh you know 
the the whole the whole um you know while other people have classified documents i mean i think that 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 reasonable people can agree that somebody accidentally taking some reasonable doc or documents that are classified are not the same as someone who is actually you know actively trying to take <laughs> documents with some of our our nation's most sensitive um nuclear secrets or secrets regarding our, our military etc um I, I i don't understand why anybody would want any former leader to have these um you know i i know that i wouldn't be happy if i found out that any democratic leader had taken top secret military secret documents you know nuclear secrets and and i would i would absolutely be very unhappy to hear that and so it's not a partisan thing um but i i again i yikes yeah. I, all i can say is yikes that's I, a great it's a great point and then i hear a lot of the republican talking points out there are like well, Hillary, and it's just like, oh my oh, God, you guys spent $45 million trying to convict her three times and found nothing, and now they're think, making up stuff with, uh, she had the hammer to her server and the hard drives, and it's like, oh my God. I I think the, the, the thing that amuses me and also annoys me the most is Speaker Kevin McCarthy saying, oh, well, it was in his bathroom, so that means the door locks. <laughs> Yeah. Like what? Um, also, the bathroom doors only lock from the inside. You know, it just the 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 why, the why these people that are supposedly like serious leaders are putting their necks out for this guy who is absolutely unserious is mm. is, I mean, bonkers. Is that yeah. an appropriate word? It's bonkers. I wouldn't. Yikes. I know. And Ron Johnson, who I hate to say oh, this, yeah. uh, but he was originally from Minnesota. I think he was born here. And I don't want to, you know, really bring that up too many times, but I'm <laughs> sure you you heard that. And it's just like, are you are you kidding me? The, I, his I quote mean, today, I don't even know if you heard it. I'm not even going to mention it if you didn't hear it, but it was like I from outer space. But, yeah. I, but I also realize that, that Ron Johnson is is let's just say less than intellectually curious about things. <laughs> um, and so it doesn't surprise me that he <laughs> is ready to, to, to support this kind of nonsense that makes us all less safe as Americans. Like, I don't like, come on, <laughs> this <Right>. is scary. <laughs> well, you're supposed to be supporting the police and the military. And yet, you know, if you're giving out these secret documents to foreign countries, you're not, you're not helping our military at all. Yeah. No, no, not at all. No. And nope, Mike, nope, nope. Mike says the entire world is laughing at us Americans right now. And I agree. Um, it's unbelievable. I had a, a relative that was a, a Trumper that was in England, and this was when he was president. And uh, uh, the English uh, bartender was just like laughing at her, and she was got upset and left, you know, because yeah. that's her president. And it's just like, but that's the way people feel about us. And and you know, uh, I go ahead. Oh, oh I was actually going to say I had uh, when he first got elected. Um, I was playing at Roller Derby World Cup in um, Manchester, England, representing Team Greece because my mom's dad was from Greece. Um, and Wait a, it was Wait a minute. You were in the Roller Derby? Oh, I still play Roller Derby. I'm coming what? off of a broken foot that I broke the day before Election Day. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll have to talk about that one show, the whole Absolutely. show. Absolutely. Um, but I, I remember being in um, the UK and it was right around when he gave his first, uh, Trump gave his first State of the Union address. And I was like, this was the first State of the Union address that I had not listened to in 
over a decade. And I, I remember being really happy that I missed it, but that there were people in the UK being like, oh, you're from the US. I was like, I worked for Hillary. I worked yeah. to get her elected. I promise I'm not one of those. And they're like, oh, 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 okay. And kind of gave me a pat on the shoulder and saying, we understand, you know, I think that was, I think that they were also dealing with their own kind of conservative, um, you right. know, leadership at the time. Like, so they understood, but at the same like time, you- I felt very defensive and being like, I worked it. I worked to, I worked against him. I promise I did. That old prime minister looked like he combed his hair with a firecracker. I don't know what the oh, heck that was all about. Boris Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> His hair was not his, uh, his hairstyling was not his strong suit. <laughs> right. Wow. <laughs> well, that was, a, that was an amazing time. And, you know, we all should have, be wearing t-shirts and especially, uh, that Hillary was right. And she called, she called it all in that one, um, debate they had. Everything that she said came true, which is, which is cool. And also Hillary won the, you know, the, the vote number two. She lost an electrical electric yeah. college, but she won in the popular vote. Yep. Yep. Don't, don't get me started. Cause I'll probably start having feelings and being really upset because it was a really rough time <laughs> yeah. for those of us that believe in democracy and we're hopefully getting ready to elect our first woman president. It was, it was just a really rough time, you know, but sometimes those happen in politics and, you know, you have to roll with them. Well, speaking of politics, uh, I I, I know you're still kind of looking for Ron Johnson's uh, unbelievable quote, but that I want to talk a little bit about uh, uh, the protocols of working with tribes and how, um, how that, uh, I guess they would call it a little symposium that you did with a packed room yeah. um, this weekend. And I, I learned some things too. And I was taking pictures of your PowerPoint. Not that I was going to steal them, but just to know <laughs> the knowledge that you had out there. Great job, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. And also it's public knowledge. So share it, share, share what you need. And I mean, the more, the more that gets out to people that want to organize in Indian country, I think is you know, it's, I'm not proprietary about it. I just, I would just want, I just want people to know how to know how to act and, and, and know how to um, reach out appropriately to Indian country in whatever shape or form it is, whether it's, you know, res folks, whether it's urban Indian communities, whether it's, um, you know, student groups, uh, the like, you know, there's, there's different ways and, and, you know, I, it's important for people to understand that that we don't that the way that you organize politically and and try to work for a candidate um, with the majority culture it's it's not necessarily the same as as doing this that the same kind of work within Indian country within native communities and you know describe starting off by describing and talking about what what sovereignty is and what it's supposed to be and what tribal sovereignty is then supposed to be. And then, you know, showing, showing everybody, well, this is how it actually works. And, you know, having to continually ask, does this sound like the definition of sovereignty that we discussed earlier? No. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, I, I think that even just that kind of uh, that kind of information, um, makes people think again. And I gave the presentation three times this weekend during our um, Wisconsin Democratic uh, convention. So, you know, I'm really, I'm really grateful that the party recognized the importance of this kind of presentation and, and the importance um, of, of the, the information and that, that every you know, party leader, whether they're a, a county party leader, a congressional district chair, if they're elected um, to office, whether it's local or state or or even higher, you know, um, that information is crucial to understanding how tribes operate and why um, Indian people 
I don't want to say are the way that we are, but the, the yeah. way that we react to things and react to efforts, um, uh, react to campaigners coming into our communities. Um, so, you know, the yes, I'm seeing this comment from Mike Ding it, Mike Diaz saying this is being tried in the court over ICWA. The number one question is about sovereignty. And and yes, um, that was that was the, the first main point that I wanted to make was that tribal sovereignty is not any different than any other kind of sovereignty. And that um, that federal Indian law is is very um, it doesn't follow the rules that we normally think of or follow our supposed uh, American ideals when it comes to, you know, self-determination, et cetera, um, in order to keep tribes subordinate to them. So, yeah. And I always like, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with tribes, just to, to have our, our, our white allies remember and all our allies remember that custard had scouts. So you got to watch who you're talking to and, and know who you're talking to, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, you're listening to Native Ritz Radio and with our Arvina Martin, um, another Ho-Chunk, ho and we are talking about, uh, about a lot of things, but we're also talking a little bit uh, about what happened this weekend and uh, at the Wisconsin Democratic Convention and, uh, and the great job that she did. We'll be right back. After this short break, please stay with us. Ho -wah. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's, Let's live, live and, and let, let howl. howl. Hey, this is Robert Pilot. I taught in St. Paul Public Schools for over 25 years, and I want you to join the team and make a difference in our children's future. Right now, St. Paul Public Schools is offering hiring and retention bonuses up to $10,000 for a variety of teaching and classroom support positions for the next school year. Grow in a supportive and fulfilling public school setting. Limited bonuses are available, so don't delay. Apply at SPPS.org slash careers. On Saturday, June 17th, Metro Transit is making changes to transit service within your community. As they do each quarter, they review and analyze their resources and ridership trends. These service adjustments to routes continue Metro Transit's ongoing work to best serve customers throughout their system with their given resources. A summary of the upcoming service changes and a preview of the updated schedules are available now at metrotransit.org. That's metrotransit.org. When it comes to mental health, connections with others can be a way forward. How do you reach out when you need someone? What do you do to support those who struggle? Whether you're struggling or know someone who struggles, see connections as comfort, hope, and joy. Like sending a text, sharing a moment, offering a hug, seeing an old friend, seeing your grandma. Together we can find ways to create a path forward. Visit cmentalhealth.org. Visit cmentalhealth.org. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Howl! Our guest didn't howl. I only heard Come two on, howls. Come on, I'm not Wolf Clan. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> Neither am I. I'm you Eagle Clan. Next we time. Fly next over time you. <laughs> we fly over you. I'm Eagle Clan. I don't know if you see this visual. <laughs> but, um, hey, we're here with Ar Arvina uh, Martin, and we're talking a little bit about the Wisconsin Democratic Convention. And I just have to, I have to say I, I, there was a, a special guest that was the last speaker and I'm not always a huge fan because I'm super progressive, but she kind of knocked it out of the park, I think, uh, with her speech. Uh, were you there for that? No, unfortunately, I um, oh, <laughs> it's 
sounds so nerdy. I got overheated and um, had to go back to my hotel room and jack the AC up real, real high so I could <laughs> not have a fever or something. So I missed the entire, I missed the entire evening program. Oh, well, and then you, then you didn't, you missed the fact that I didn't mispronounce people's names, which I'm still like glowing about here. As you should be, as you should be. It's a big achievement. Yeah, definitely. So uh, what else? Let's talk. Why don't we talk a little bit in this last segment here, uh, a little bit about the uh, Emerge Wisconsin. And I think it's it's something that every time you're on, we should definitely talk about at least a few minutes about and yeah. what's going on next and what's happening. Yeah. So for those who might not know, Emerge Wisconsin is a program that trains Democratic uh, women to run for office. We have um, uh, affiliates in um, multiple states. Uh, so it's not just a Wisconsin specific program, but that's the program that I run. Um, we also are... We also um, invite non-binary folks who are comfortable in female-centered spaces to apply and participate in our program. So we are trying to be as um, progressive regarding um, gender as we can while, while sticking to our, our main mission. Um, we you know, are currently uh, in the middle of training our class of 2023. Actually, um, not this weekend, but the weekend after the last weekend in June, we have our last training weekend, and then we'll be having our class of 2023 graduation, which is really exciting. It'll wow. be my first class graduating. And, you know, I, I am committed to reaching out to areas that we don't um, normally see a lot of Democrats uh, running for office and finding these talented women and non-binary folks to um, who, who are interested and getting them trained so they feel confident and, and, and know that they have the skills, not just the skills, but the connections as well to um, other amazing leaders that they can um, ask questions of, that they can ask to be serve as mentors, um, it's it's really a fabulous program. I I participated and graduated from the program in 2014. So, uh, and, and it really changed my my life and my career path. So, um, I'm so honored to be able to lead this organization into the future. And I am. I, you know, one of my big goals is to increase the number of Native women and Native non-binary folks, two-spirit people, that we can we can get to participate in um, our program. Because I very, very, very firmly believe that um, if we want to get more democratic and more progressive um, elected leaders um, in kind of the Northwoods area, the, going to tribal members is going to be the way, the easiest way to do it. You know, we have so many talented folks that are ready to and, and, and just need either to be asked, but also to be trained. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I want to see more Native folks on school boards, on city councils, on county boards, you know, so that we can build our bench and, and hopefully, you know, in the next few years, get our first Native state legislative candidate elected to office, get our mm -hmm. first Native statewide candidate elected to office, get our first Native Congress member. You know, we we had Trisha Zunker who ran for office um, a couple cycles ago. Um, let's we don't need just one candidate. You know, let's get candidates in all races and and. Let's get let's get our native people out there to support them so we can, you know, help help protect our values and protect the things that are important to us and and also share our perspectives in these spaces that have ignored our perspectives for so long, you know, mm -hmm. like basically the entire history of this country, our, our perspectives have been ignored and it is beyond time for our tribal members to be part of this conversation as as stakeholders, as voting members of of local bodies, state bodies and federal bodies. It's just it's about time and we can yeah. do it. 
You can, and I wonder, would it be a, a kind of a, a, a plan or a strategic plan in a way to uh, really market this in a place like Black River Falls, where we do have a, a nice-sized community of Native Americans, and uh, start with the school board and go with a state senator and so on? Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I, I think that that any community that ha that is near or on um, tribal land, you know, we should we should be looking for candidates um, from our communities to represent, you know, our, our represent us on these mm -hmm. bodies. You know, there's so many times that we think about, um, you know, outside government as being not for us. And because honestly, they haven't been for us. But as soon as you put us on these bodies, then we are able to um, center the conversation and, and policy initiatives that, that are important to us. We can have people in local and state and federal government who understand how to work with our tribal governments. Why, mm -hmm. why would we not want this to happen? Um, I, I think that it's, it's only positive um to mm -hmm. have our impact i i also always talk about how we have you know everybody has their blind spots we all have them and and that's absolutely human and totally fine um and if we have legislative bodies that that only have one experience or very limited experiences these blind spots are huge so mm -hmm. when we get people with different experiences you know we're able to make those blind spots smaller and we're right. able to create policy that represents and and helps more people than if everybody on the body has you know the same experience and the same you know ideas of what needs to happen i mean just think about what happened during the pandemic and the 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 number of um uh women legislators at the federal letter level who were like hey we need to support um we need money to support childcare yeah. That's going to be a huge thing. And all of these, you know, older men were like surprised Pikachu face. Like, why would that matter? Oh, <laughs> because that's, that's where their blind spots are. Right. Um, so. And part of your job, I imagine is to educate. And that's kind of why we have this show here, because I know there's a lot of education going on here in Minnesota with our four representatives and Lieutenant governor and, and moving the needle over uh, with, educating our allies because even our allies don't know uh things about us or how to deal with us oh absolutely and 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 our allies are dying to know they they want to they want to know and they want to learn so that's one of the reasons why i really worked hard to um create this kind of tribes 101 uh, uh presentation that we could give at the state convention because i know there's a market there's there's the market there that people want to know, you know, what is tribal sovereignty? What are you talking about when you talk about protecting wolves or, you know, the Brackeen case with, with ICWA? Um, and, and this is how we begin to teach them. So. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's always a great, uh, great conversation and you have so much knowledge and it's always good to have three Ho-Chunks on the station, even though Ruth Buffalo was on earlier. We can call her an honorary Ho-Chunk, right? <laughs> right on. Hey, exactly. Hey, you're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. Free Leonard Peltier. Now we're still here. We are the seventh generation. <laughs> 